Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast, where we discuss your favorite Marvel sports. We bring you in-depth analysis of each event across many different Marvel sports competitions. Catch all the information and drama you want to hear about your favorite players, teams, events, and more right here on the MSW Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever MSW podcast. That is Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast. I am your host, Brendan, and welcome to our show. Today, we have a lot to cover. We have Marble Olympics, we have MSPN, we have Marble Mayhem. We have so much to talk about, and the fan made team competition, too. Let's not forget about the drama there. And we're going to hop right into it. So, before we start. Uh, a little background on me, because this is the first episode. Um, I've been interested in Marvel Sports since 2016, 2017, when I discovered it. Uh, when I was on YouTube, the first thing I actually saw was the Sand Marble Rally, rally, and it was really fun. It was really cool. I loved the commentary. I loved the creativity of it, and then I was like, I got to keep watching this. And then that led to the Marble Olympics, led to you know even Marble Mayhem now, MSPN Sports, and you know many many other. Marvel Sports, you know, budding channels trying to, you know, get their Marvel Sports out there. And now I have this podcast and we talk anything Marvel Sports. We will talk Marvel Olympics. We will talk Marvel Mayhem. We will talk M Games when MSPN releases that. And we will talk any other Marvel Sports that you guys want to hear about. If you want to hear about it, just let me know and we will discuss it. So today we're going to start with the Marvel Olympics qualifiers and those qualifiers those qualifiers were really really interesting we had two new teams this year we had the green ducks and we had the indigo stars both very very good teams and it was nice to see them finally get out there and compete and you know they had been doing many regional competitions many national competitions just winning over and over again and they proved themselves multiple times through those different competitions and now they were given the finally given the chance to do the Marble Olympics and you know what they jumped at the chance and I'll tell you what they really really impressed me and many other Marble fans being the Green Ducks great performance <laughs> placing fourth overall in the qualifiers and the Indigo Stars placing sixth overall in the qualifiers really good work from the both of them and to break down how they did, we can start with the Green Ducks here and how they did in the funnel spin. And it was it was incredible how they just came right off the bat and they were they were competing at the top. I mean they look like they belong in the Marble Olympics. You could see in the first few first little bit of the funnel spin, they were up there in that first funnel for a good long time competing with top competitors and they they did not at all show like they were nervous and they were worried about this initial competition. I'm trying to pull up the that beginning section right now to provide some deeper deeper analysts for you. I think they were the first. Yeah, they were the first heat. And they got off to a great start. Up there. Right, here's the start. So they were God, this is annoying. 
So we're just going to have silence now while I try to figure this out. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, but anyway, they were in the first heat, and they were... So, so were the Indigo Stars. They were both in the first heat, and um, the, the Indigo Stars performed away. I think they... I think they ended around fifth, sixth. But you, if you take a look at the clip here, you see the Green Ducks. They are up in the top funnel with other teams like the Chocolatiers and the Crazy Cat Size. You know, for the, they were the one of the last three teams in the top funnel, and then they moved down to the second funnel and they stayed there for a good long while, letting teams like Mellow Yellow and and stuff drop in before them. And they had good stamina through these funnels. They did not. They took each funnel as a new chance to gain more stamina and they did use it very well you can see as they go through each funnel they don't really slip through any funnels real quickly and that was impressive especially because you know it was, it was their first ever event performance in the marble olympics so we're talking big nerves here they're a new team they're, they're surrounded by teams like all rangers and savage speeders who didn't actually compete but you know but other teams like chocolatiers and Mellow Yellow, Veteran Team, Cobalt, Shining Swarm, I mean, Team Galactic, Crazy Cat's Eyes, you name it. All their Jungle Jumpers, and they just kept their stamina. I mean, they got to the seventh um, funnel. They hit the uh, hit the Jungle Jumpers out of the way to get their, um, to keep their spot, which is really impressive. And even in the last funnel, they really, they were knocking well into, I think that's the Chocolatiers they were knocking into to try to maintain their spot, and they were able to pull out a very very nice third place which is really impressive the indigo stars pull out a decent placement they had fifth as well and just to see these new teams kind of get out there at first and just really destroy the competition was just was just very impressive um and they didn't stop there the green ducks just against all odds against all expectations rolled right into the second event and got like a world Marble Olympics record in the block push. Now, we do have to understand about the block push that they did affect the um, the way they did the block push as they made the blocks lighter so they're um, easier to push. I mean, obviously, if you're a good team at it, you're going to push it far either way, but they made it lighter to push so that it could better differentiate between um, close pushes between two teams and... Um, so you couldn't really compare this event to previous block pushing events, which made it a little difficult. But I mean, still, it was still super impressive. The Green Ducks got a 117 centimeter push. 117, which is really impressive. That was 10 centimeters more than any other any other push. The second highest push was about 109.7, I think. 109.7, 109.5, one of those. It was it was just way way more than any other team, which was just unbelievable. And just to see a, a new rookie team come out there and create probably a Marble Olympics record for the block push is just unbelievable. I mean, they, they got first place in that event by a long shot. If I want to take a look at their push here, uh, they, okay, here we go. Their push, uh, they actually were in the same heat as the Indigo Stars, which is interesting. They were trying to keep the rookie teams together. But, I mean, you could if you see them go down and you see them push, they, um, that first push, actually, was pretty terrible. That first push was only a 92-1, which was um, eh, passable. Not really that anything that, um, I mean, no, no, so second push, sorry, was um, only a 92-1. 
if you look at their first push, it's like, I mean, I guess they figured after that first push they didn't need to do anything else. They could just chill, and they did. I mean, this first push, though, wow. I mean, look at that speed. I mean, even with just three marbles, it was, like, it was actually an interesting strategy. They had, like, the first three marbles bunched all up together, run into that first block, and really push it as far as they could, and then that fourth marble came in and bumped it at the end to provide some extra, you know, push, and they really did a good job. And then... The Indigo Stars, by the way, did not even do that bad in this one thing as well either. I mean, the Indigo Stars, uh, their highest push was, I think, a, a 106.7, which was one of the top pushes in the um, event. Actually, the second highest push in the event. Um, there was no 109.7, it was 106.7. So the Green Ducks actually beat out every other team by about like 12 centimeters wow that is pretty impressive and the indigo stars were just a, a second place and that's it i mean it's pretty impressive how they were able to do that and that just shows i guess rookie teams i mean if you practice hard enough you can beat even the veterans i mean these events are hard i mean you're gonna even as veteran teams like three four year marble olympics teams i mean they're gonna they're gonna fail they're gonna get those 95 block centimeter block pushes they're gonna get them because you know you don't always get that high push another interesting uh thing in the block push you know not about the rookie teams but the limers limers also came through with a really nice push in their second push and is actually able to pick up second in this whole event the first push, first push was awful it was a 97.2 centimeter push but the second push here was really impressive, and it was good to see the Limers um, do something, you know, noteworthy out there. I mean, that second push, they went really far. They picked up, ooh, what did they pick up? They had the 109.7. Yes, they did. So, I mean, to see the Limers, who didn't end up qualifying in the end because they they are a struggling team. They've been struggling for a while, and it's, it's unfortunate to see them continue to struggle. But to see them get that high performance push there and actually get second place in that event is pretty impressive um or at least at least nice to see you know nice to see that from a team that's always had some struggles and in the uh in the marble olympics over many many years they haven't really ever had a super high placement and um you know overall i mean they've had a couple events i think they got first or second in but you know just to see them finally come around with um with a good event is, is nice to see. And the Green Ducks, they had in their relay, they actually got second place too. And um, they just kind of were like, we got to maintain these points. And they got third, second, and first in, in the block push. Um, I don't think they got second overall, but they got second in their heat. And I mean, they went into the last event and unexpectedly got that last place that you may remember in that water event. But you know what? I mean, you could you could sit here and you could criticize the Green Ducks for that last place. You could be like, oh my God, the Green Ducks. I mean, the rookie team. I know they're supposed to be good. Why? How you can get last place overall in the water event? Well, then, and you could look at it negatively like that, but, or you could realize that they got last place in the water event and still got fourth place overall in the qualifiers because of how good they did in the other events. I mean, what I see from them is great, you know, abilities in certain events. Obviously, they practice them more. And specialization, maybe, um, or maybe they were like, okay, uh, we know block pushing is real popular, let's practice that. We know funnel spin is real popular, let's practice that. 
so that we can win those events. And then should there be another event we have difficulty in, maybe our placement in those is going to bring us up. And it did. It worked for them. The other, um, the other new team, the Indigo Stars, um, kind of had a different approach. Seemingly, they kind of they weren't really more, you know, specialized in events. They were kind of more consistent the whole time. They had actually a first place in their heat in the um, underwater race, which was impressive. Um, but I mean, just overall, they kind of maintained a nice consistency consistency over all the events that they participated in, which was nice. And they, they consistently um, did pretty well. They were, like, medium-high. They got uh, good heat times in the um, relay race and in the water events. They had a decent block push. They had that 106.7, which was decent. And they um, their frontal spin was fifth. They just maintained their spot. And they're like, okay, we're going to slide right in here to these Marble Olympics. But still, I mean, like, with both teams, whether it be consistency or specialization and all these – you know, records that the Redux were able to set. Either way, I mean, both of these teams, both of these teams, just very impressive. I mean, they, there were, I believe, were 20 teams in the qualifying rounds, and there were only 12 spots open, and they got fourth and sixth. So, the, so they not only qualified, but they got in the top half of the available qualifying positions, which was really impressive from rookie teams. I mean, the Hazers last year, if you want to remember them as a rookie team last year, also performed really well. I, I don't think they performed that well, but I know they performed pretty well. Um, and they did qualify this year, too, so good for them. But, I mean, just just to see the, the skill of these. I mean, Green Ducks were already qualified by the end of the third event. They were like, no matter what happens, we're qualified. Which means that they, they I guess they chilled on the last event. They weren't really worried about it. And I don't think they were expecting a water event either. It seemed that they were very uncomfortable and like like surprised at the the water event they um, competed in. But I mean, they already qualified, so there's no way they couldn't be qualified after the third event, and that's that's just crazy. Um, other notable things happening during the competition. I mean, there was the the fan the fan uh, disruption by the Limers team. I mean, again, I mean, yeah, you can't do that. You can't just disrupt the field like that. But it is understandable. I mean, I can see why the Limers fans would do this. Uh, Limers have struggled for a long time. Uh, Limers again were struggling in this event. I mean, they threw things on the on the court on the not the court the uh, the race track for the um, for the relay race uh, about halfway through and actually messed up their own team's team's heat as the prime as primary could not get off the second block and they couldn't even get a redo on the race primary but they were saying it was the limers debris that they threw on and we don't know really what was going on there and but the fans started fighting and it was a big upset but the limers fans are just were just angry i mean maybe they were excited at the good placement and the block push but it really didn't seem kind of uncalled for i mean it seemed like the limers had a chance to maybe qualify um but you know, then they throw things on the field. I'm sure the Limers team got upset. I'm sure the Limers coach was all in shambles, and now they're not even qualifying this year. I mean, it's a shame. I don't know if it was because of the the uh, emotional effect of the disruption situation or just the Limers not being able to pull through on the other events, but it was, was interesting to see uh, why they would, you know, why they would do that. I would like to hear from one of the Limers fans, if I could, about why they might have done that. I mean, it didn't seem called for. 
didn't seem like anything uh, would call for that sort of action. Another very interesting part about this is the, the, the sheer closeness of almost every underwater race heat. Uh, I mean, three, three, four, five are all really close. They're like photo finishes and... Uh, you know, that one race, Heat 5, where the Rojo Rollers just came from fourth place to the end in like a burst of speed at the end, and then you could see Mellow Yellow and Rojo Rollers crossing literally at the same time, and they had the same time down to the hundredth of the of the second, hundredth decimal. I mean, that was, that was really close, and it was very exciting to, to have something like that happen. Um, I mean, if you... You know, if you're watching, obviously most people will be overexcited about the rookie team's performance. But, you know, should you not care about those? Well, there's Marble Olympics qualifiers were still very exciting, even without the rookie teams showing their skill. I mean, there was photo finishes uh, in both of the events, um, the relay and underwater race, as well as um, amazing record-setting block pushes and amazing um stamina and stunt funnel spin and the crazy cat's eyes having that really long spin at the end just kind of showboating that was really funny as well but yeah i'm taking a look here at the the fifth heat of the underwater race and i can see uh roll rojo rollers like they're in third and fourth place most of the race and it was really impressive to see them shoot up in the end um because yeah, i think they were coming down here and i'm trying to see exactly what happened here but they were they were lagging behind quite a bit and there was like a three-way tie and then they all of a sudden shoot they draft behind all three marbles and come up to the left side and almost curl around roll uh mellow yellow very impressive finish by them and yeah that those are your qualifiers you we have i think i can get a list here of who's qualified yeah we have um i mean just in case you don't know I will read them all to you, so you so you can know who qualified. We have um the Hazers qualified. Team Hazers actually got first in the overall event, so pretty impressive to see a um, former rookie team just shoot right back up and get first in their second year in the Marble Olympics. I mean these younger teams we're really seeing a lot from them. Hazers qualified, Team Galactic qualified, and Team Galactic. I mean. All I'm going to say about them is, I mean, it's hard to say good or bad things because they qualify like every year and they compete every year, but they never get anything high placed. I mean, I think maybe every once in a while they're placed high in an event, but they always seem to sit between that 6th and 12th spot um, in the standings of the Marble Olympics. And I, I hope, I hope that this year I we see more, uh, you know, more high placements from them. They did get second in the qualifiers, so it's promising, it's promising. But um, we'd have to wait and see. I think they have it in them. I think they have it. But, I mean, in the past, they always seem to crack a little bit and kind of end up in the middle of the pack there by the end. So I'm excited to see how they pull it this year. Uh, Crazy Cat's Eyes. Crazy Cat's Eyes for me. Um, first of all, they, they qualified and finished third overall. That's the team I think is going to come out of their shell this year or come out of their um, fur ball this year because – they had an amazing qualifiers. They first in the frontal spin. They, I think they got first or second in the um, underwater race. Their block push was their block push was in, but it was it was good enough. You know they showed they were still competing. I mean I think this is the time for them. I mean they always would sit n near the bottom most of the time these crazy cat sides, but I think this is year. 
this is the year for them. I'm excited to see them compete. I mean, the Green Ducks, of course, qualified fourth. I'm excited to see them. Jungle Jumpers were fifth. Indigo Stars, really excited about them as well. Sixth. Balls of Chaos, seventh. And Balls of Chaos are interesting because they started the 2018 Marble Olympics actually towards the top. You were like, okay, these are going to be front runners the whole time. But then they kind of sunk back towards the end of the 2018 Marble Olympics. And um, I think finished, they finished fourth or even lower. Between fourth and seventh they finished. And um, I think it was lower than fourth. And Yeah, it was lower than fourth because they're, they're not um, automatically qualified. So it was like, I think it was like between sixth and seventh. And um, just to see them, I mean, they were at the top. They were at the top for the first, like, seemingly half of the 2018 Marble Olympics and then dropped down. But it's good to see them qualify again. I think they have a lot of potential and a lot of energy. I like to see them race. I like to see them compete. Um, Raspberry Racers qualified. Good for them. Uh, not a team I uh, give too much attention to. I think they have something in them. I'd like to see them really do something towards the top and then I'll address some Thunderbolts. They um, they qualified too, which is good to see. I hope they do show a lot more this year. I remember first Marble Olympics three years ago, 2016. They did um, compete towards the top for most of the time, but they haven't done anything really special at all since then. So I'm excited to see how they do. Uh, Pinkies, Mellow Yellow, 10th and 11th qualifiers, veteran teams. You expect them to qualify. I mean, those fans come out there and they sit there and they're like, I know they're qualifying. I mean, after that... Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it's the Marble Olympics. These are top teams. These top 16 teams are the best in the world. So even getting 16th place in the standings of the Marble Olympics is, you know, you made it to the Marble Olympics, and that's really impressive if your team can do that. So, I mean, I don't know how the Pinkies and Melio are going to doing, going to do. They're, they're veterans, so they're going to do something. Hopefully, they'll do something good. I mean, Melio did have a first place in one of the events. It was um, good to see that, but... We'll have to see. I mean, Chocolatiers, qualified 12th, always a fan favorite team. Chocolate is popular, and we'll hopefully they do good this year. I don't hear much from them. Again, similar to Raspberry Racers, I'd like to see more from them, and then I talk about them more. Um, I was an upset to see Limers. They were they were only one one spot away from qualifying. They were 13th. And I'm sure those Limers fans were really upset. I mean, some of them probably sat back and were like, "Oh man." You think we could have won this had we not thrown all the debris on the field and caused that upset? But I mean, people. I mean, marbles. Um, marbles have their regrets. I mean, this could be a big regret for the Limers team. I don't know what the team's gonna say to their fans. I don't know what the fans have to say. Um, I'd like to hear from one of them, or even a few of them, or even the team. I mean, that would be really nice to hear from them. But I mean. Still, what a totally unexpected thing. I mean, they won. They, like, got second in the block push. And then all of a sudden, they're throwing debris all over the field. I mean, they, I mean, before they even raced, they didn't even see themselves do anything bad yet. They were actually coming off a good victory. They were like, oh, maybe we're going to qualify. And then debris in the field. I don't know what happened there. I have no idea what happened there. But then, you know, Team Momo did not qualify as well. Rojo Rollers did not. They had to have that first place, but they did bad through the rest of the thing. Cobalts did not, Jawbreakers did not, Snowballs did not, which is surprising because Snowballs ran at the top last year. I think they were 5th, 5th, 6th or 6th finish. No, not bad. Um, Shining Swarm did not, Team Primary did not. So, I mean, both of the 
both of the teams, Primary MoMA, that had uh, joined together last year to um, compete together. Very, very good story. Um, their story, you know, how they came together. Team Primary, I don't think, was qualified last year either, but they came and get together with MoMA to get through the rest of the 2018 Marble Olympics. They come back this year, they got last place in the qualifiers. MoMO, 14th place in the qualifiers. Um, and we're not going to see either of them this year. Momo and Limers, I mean, they were only they were only one or two spots away. So, I mean, you still see that they're a good team. They're veteran teams. They're popular teams. But they didn't qualify. And fans come here, fans come here expecting those two to qualify. Because they have big fan bases, you know. I mean, they have just a lot of popularity. And when fans sit down, they're like, okay, we're expecting to qualify. And then after that, well, then we face the top 16 in the world for competing. But... Before that, I mean, these fans are in outrage right now. I mean, Team Momo doesn't seem to be as upset as the Limers. But, I mean, the Limers, I mean, we got to keep an eye on their fans. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be trying to come into the real Marble Olympics and cause disruptions, but, I mean, especially after this performance, I would be upset, too. If I was a, I mean, I am I am somewhat of a Limers fan. They're one of they're one of my top teams. But if I was a really diehard Limers fan where I go into the, you know, sat in the section for the Limers and things like that and, were a really big fan, and then I saw my veteran team, who's been there for like two, three years now, just lose out, I would be very upset, so, I mean, I understand what they're doing, I mean, it's still wrong, you can't throw things in the field, you can't get upset, you can't start fights with other, with other fan bases, but, um, it's good to, you know, it would be good to see the Limers in the Marvel Olympics this year, unfortunately, it's not the case. Anyway, moving on to the fan-made competition. Big, um, big news in the fan-made competition. We are now down to the final voting round. Big, big news and a little bit of upset in the fan-made competition. Now, the fan-made competition has had a lot of drama. Just going to lay that out there right now. There's been a lot of drama. There's been teams that have upset other teams. There's been people that have upset other, te- other people. There's been marbles that have upset other marbles. I mean, I'm not going to not going to say that the fan-made team was a easy journey at all. I mean, but teams kept it together. There were no teams that really had a big problem. I mean, there were, upsettingly, a couple teams that dropped out because of what other people said. Like, for example, I was talking to the um, the Monarchs, and I was like, oh, why did you guys drop out? Because they had dropped out, and they seemed like they were going to run up the top. They had a good logo. They had a good idea, a great idea, actually. The gold marbles, the um, the king, you know, the the royal theme, the marbles was a good idea, and I was like, why'd you guys drop out? Because I, I actually didn't hear about it, and apparently, someone commented on one of their posts, and it's like, oh, uh, I agree with Jell's post saying not to vote for you, and something like that, and I was like, are you kidding? Wow. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jell didn't post anything on that. I didn't see anything about that, and I think a couple other teams got comments like that, but it's just the fact that they were pushed to drop out because of the actions of other players is just really I mean that's that's a little upsetting I mean that's I mean obviously this is the first year first year of the fan made contest we gotta cut some of the um, runners of the contest the JMRC we gotta cut them a break because they don't know how to you know being the first year they're doing it there's gonna be some uh, bumps in the road of dealing with the people and the teams and the rules but uh I mean, just to hear some of the actions of some of the other people, I mean, it's, it's a little upsetting. To the teams that qualified, um, 
pretty happy with them. I mean, I was a little surprised at Knights of the Round because the Knights of the Round team kind of breaks somewhat from the theme of Marble Olympics teams and Marble Olympics um, team themes. Um, I say this because the theme, I mean, it's not like a theme of the Marble Olympics teams per se, but there's like a, you know, there's no teams in the Marble Olympics ever so far that have had like names of like you know like knights so like that falls into more of a category like knights and warriors and vikings there's never been teams with that kind of style or naming um and i guess it'd be interesting to see that team brought in i mean i think the team's creative i do like the team and i like the logo my problem with it though and this is my problem with some of the other teams um a couple that have qualified and many that did not qualify i think thankful that they did not because um the marble olympics has like a i mean I don't, I don't know if i don't know how many people like think about this or realize this but to me at least the marble olympics has like a theme of like being removed from the world or like like they don't reference things in the world like you never see them reference countries or states or or uh you know, places in our world or names of things in our world that are more specific than just animals and colors. Like, for me, the clowns skirt on the edge of that. That other team, they have a nice logo as well. But they um, skirt on the edge of, like, talking about something more specific to, to um, humans and Earth. The Knights of the Round skirt on the edge of that as well. I mean, knights are something that were created by humans and you know it's not just saying something is orange or something is a green duck I mean that's more like just non-specific I guess I'm saying so I mean while I think those teams are fine and should they get in I'd be like okay that's all right I like I mean I don't know if it was purposeful or not but I like how the teams seem to conserve this or the Marble Olympics seems to conserve this like detachment from the world type of feel which is one of the reasons I really liked it the way that it does that like I don't ever like I don't hear like names of countries and names of teams from countries and like names of teams sports teams I know like you won't I won't hear like Giants and I won't hear like you know Yankees or, or whatever um and um for people not from America I mean I'm assuming you could probably agree that you don't really hear types of teams that go with your place that you live. I mean, I know a lot of people probably from Europe and think about all the soccer teams that you know or a fan, even a fan of. You're not going to hear those as teams in the Marble Olympics. You're not going to hear those places mentioned. I mean, Jell lives in. Jell lives. Oh God, I just knocked over. <laughs> just knocked over this bottle. Trying to make a point, but um. Joe lives obviously there and he probably knows about the teams but he, he doesn't like ever reference them which is just something I really like so I like to try to conserve that I would like to in this fan made competition and I want all of a sudden there to be like Vikings marbles running through and things like that and just that make it more I don't know world like and like like sports teamy like I mean it is a sports but it's like uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like if you go to like you know like baseball, if you know soccer, and you ever go to like a tournament for those kind of sports, you get tons of team names that are like 
you know, Vikings and Knights and, you know, uh, like, volcanoes or erupting, eruption or whatever. But it's like, you know, like, try to stay away from those team names, I guess is all I'm saying. Like, keep it more, like, real. Like, Blazing Balls, I'm chill with that. Bitter Blues, I think, is a great name, and they have a decent logo. But I think the great name. Um, Hornets. Hornets is fine. That's good. Because that's, like, generic. That Hornets exist. Yes, they do. But it's not like I'm being specific. Like, Clowns is getting more to, like, Humans and Knights of the Round, like I said before. They're still good teams. They, they skirt on the edge enough, and they're fine. But it's just a point I'm making. Red Pandas, to me, is good. Turtle Sliders, to me, I don't really like the name. The logo's nice. Turtle Sliders, like, Sliders, I don't understand that. I think it was kind of just created but unknown. Woodland Foxes, similar. I don't like Woodland, but I love their logo. I mean, if you just take a look at their logo, it's um, it's like a campfire, but the tail of the fox is the fire, which is just so cool. And um, it took me a while to notice that, but when I did, I was like, whoa. But I don't really like the name Woodland Foxes. This isn't like flow as much, I guess. Um, Hornets probably have the best logo. That professional look to the Hornet is nice. Um, but, I mean, what would I suggest to vote for? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to try to affect you guys in the vote here, but, I mean, who would I vote for? I mean, I love the Woodland Foxes. love the Red Pandas. love the Hornets. Um, I like the Blazing Balls, and I like the Bitter Blues. I'm just saying what I like. Not going to affect how you vote, but I will say what I like. And first of all, if you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> go to um, the Marble Olympics Reddit page. Um, and they will, you'll see posts on the voting, the fan-made competition. You can go to marblesports.com where they have all the teams and their logos listed. Uh, there was a whole competition. started from like 21. Started, actually, actually, to throw a little background out there. started with 32 teams. By the time all the submissions were done, 32 teams. Four in like a day dropped out because either they didn't want to put the work in or they didn't know how to put the work in or their teams were just terrible. So they were gone. So it was down to 28. Then between when the voting started for round one and to 28 teams and went down to 21. Uh, Monarchs left because of the drama, like I said before. Gold Standard left because, uh, I forgot what, were they, what did they leave? Someone said something to them as well, I think. Um, might have, ooh, it might have been the Gold Standard that I got in the comment about Gel saying don't, but yeah, it was gold standard. Sorry, guys. So, I mean, I know it's, I don't know, like 10 minutes after I said this, but um, it was the gold standard who got the message. And I think the monarchs left because the monarchs just left because they were sick of the drama in general. And then the gold standard got a comment saying, like, oh, Gel says don't vote for you. And then they just left. I mean, it's it kind of unbelievable to me, like I said before, but uh, I got the name wrong. Um, a couple other teams dropped out, Aqua Queens dropped out. Uh, River Rapids were not allowed to compete because they were too much like the Oceanics. Um, I can't remember the other teams that dropped out. I mean, there was a couple other ones. And then in the first vote, uh, there were some eh, teams. 
teams that probably, you know, not necessarily bad ideas, but they needed to work on their logo and their their um, whole performance, their whole showing. And um, probably the four teams that stand out to me that should have made it or could have made the vote and did not would be um, Team Majesty, great idea, Purple Marbles, great idea. Uh, Telescopics, great logo, cool idea. Um, the Sky Surfers had a really cool logo to me, and that seems like a cool team name. Um, X Camo. Um, now there's a lot of heard. I heard drama with X Camo. There was some not the not the most you know personable owner of a team, but um, the the team idea to me the idea is great. Camo team, very cool. The name, okay. X camo. I mean, there's some mystery to it. Um, I could see uh, possible change, um, but yeah, I, I heard some. I heard some uh, pretty upsetting things about that. I mean, he was being wasn't he advertising too much or something like that, and that bothers people. I mean, you can't blame him. If I if I saw the same message every day, I mean, you know, vote me every like every five minutes, I'd be like, shut up. But um, I guess that's what he did. Um, Nomads, to me, were a great team. Great logo, good idea, but didn't get in. And then Jupiter Jets, probably the last one I remember that's worth noting for me. Great team name. I would love a space-themed team to kind of rival the Galactic, Team Galactic, but they probably could work on their logo just to give it more appeal. But that's hard. Like There's, there's logo ideas there, but to execute them properly is difficult. But um, they work on that. I think next year they could really win. And um, but I do like the team name. I do like the team idea. Um, I mean maybe keep the space theme. I don't know about jets, but I like the space. I like Jupiter. I like the space theme. I huge fan. I think I did vote them. Did I vote them? I think so. Yes, I did. Yes, I did vote them. But um, yeah, that's where we're sitting right now. I mean now. Because of this fan made competition, there is an A League. There's an um, of you know those are the sixteen teams that are going to compete in the Marble Olympics. You're going to see in April, and they're going to compete as normal, like nothing happened. I mean, to be honest, I don't know how much those teams even know of the fan made competition. I think some of them do, and some of them just don't care. So <laughs> you get to see that. Um, then there's the B League, and the B League takes all the unqualified teams, like the eight you saw there uh, in the previous. Um, when I was oh when I was talking about the uh, qualifiers, I think I, I think I listed most of the teams that didn't qualify. Those teams are going to be those eight will be in the B League. They call what well, they call it Marble Showdown, and I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But B League, uh, eight teams, and then two Hubalino teams, Bumblebees and Mini Maniacs, and two fan made teams. So the voting will narrow it down to two this week. Um, Woodland Foxes, Red Pandas, Hornets. Blazing balls. I mean, I'll, I'd love to see one of the two of those four. This is where I'm sitting right now. Turtle sliders, eh, change your name. Bitter blues. Ah, there's something nice about them, man. There's something just cold about that team, man. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not opposed to that. But um, probably the only other thing I have to say about this is the the name Marble Showdown. Don't like it. I don't. Probably. I'm not going to say the worst decision ever, but it was not a good decision. B-League works fine. B-League is 
clean. B-League is professional. B-League goes with the theme that the Marble Olympics has given for years of being kind of like a, you know, a non-commercialized, more like just just an existing thing. I mean, Marble Showdown, now it sounds like, you know, it's becoming all tournament-y, like, you know, I don't know. It just makes it seem more like like world-like. Like, that's like something I'd go to for soccer. Soccer showdown, you know, tournament, as opposed to being like a nice marble tournament, marble Olympics, B-League. I like that. I like how it sounds. And maybe that literally, that explanation literally didn't make any sense to you, but <laughs> didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it's a feel thing. I The way I'm feeling about the marble Olympics is that it's just... It just feels like a something that Marble Showdown doesn't work. You know, Marble Showdown doesn't work. You know, teams that would be named Vikings or Knights to me don't work. I mean, it's just a feel thing. And other people probably would disagree. They'd be like, oh, well, you're just stupid. And I'm like, yeah, I probably am. But <laughs> just the way I'm feeling about it. If you feel a similar way, tell me. And if you don't, tell me. I'd love to have other opinions on the show. We want to encourage... Um, as many uh, many different views as we can. We because here, I mean, the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast. We wanna we wanna get news out. We wanna have discussion. We wanna have analysis. We don't just want one person giving their uh, sad opinion. But um, well, it's just me. I'll give my opinion in there. Uh, if you agree, then of course, great. <laughs> but um, but yeah. I mean, really, that's just a little uh, this a little way for me to say that um, we are inviting of other guests on the show. Obviously, if you have a connection in the Marble Olympics, like if you're a fan-made team owner, if you're um, someone who watches a ton, or you you know you want to be in the podcast, or if you're even um, especially if you're a uh, JMRC member, we'd love to have you talk on here. If you're a uh, MSPN, which I'll get to in a moment, MSPN member, we'd love to have you talk on here. Give your opinions on your respective marble sports but um i will work on that i will work on getting guests on here for us to enjoy for us to hear other opinions from anyway that's the fan made competition that's the marble olympics qualifiers obviously very excited for the marble olympics coming out this april 19th is the first episode i think of the opening ceremonies and i cannot wait to get into it and now we're going to move on to MSPN, Marble Mayhem, and a little bit about the M Games. So, besides, of course, the amazing channel, Gelled Marble Runs, and his um, amazing series, the Marble Olympics, there are other marble sports channels that, some well-known, some not as well-known. One of the more well-known ones is MSPN, which stands for Marble Sports Performance Network. They are a budding new marble sports channel they've been going for a little bit with their um algadu marble style marble uh tournament called marble mayhem they had two seasons already one of them it's been a while though they were both in the algadu style which is like it's like a physics type of emulator and they made a marble racing very creative and this year for marble mayhem season three which they now call season 3d the uh, competition has evolved into a 3D competition, and highly recommend watching this um, great, great show. And there's been one event so far, the downhill slalom, and it was very, very, very exciting. To go over a couple of things from the previous season, should you not completely know, um, 
there have been many competitors. There's like, there was, let's see. Why do I have this in letters? That's weird. One, two, three, four. I have to actually count this now. What's wrong with me? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's 12, com <laughs> 12 competitors in season one. Um, season two, uh, 16, with the addition of four new competitors from the fan-made submission vote thing they did. And not nearly as uh, dramatic as the one going on now for the Marble Olympics, but it was a, it was a little fan-made competition to get your team in. Um, I guess since it's the first time I'm talking about the SP MSPN, I will read off actually the players who are playing, just so you guys know. Um, season 1, the first 12 that participated in this competition, and I'll, I'll read them in order of, I'm going to read them here in order of first to last and finishing of Season 1. Uh, so first was Helios, second Waterfront, Shimmer, Limelight, Wormhole, Dragon's Breath, Thanos, Brain Freeze, Shockwave, Mic Drop, Polygon, and Igneous. They were the first 12 to compete in the MSPN Marble Mayhem competition. And then the next season, we saw the addition of four new marbles. We got Hypnosis, who actually finished fifth in the second season. Camo, who finished sixth in the second season. We had Tidead, who finished K, uh, who finished K in the second season. No, I think that's um, one, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, I really gotta make this numbers. I don't know why it's in letters. Eleventh in the second season, and Mike, not Mike Drop, uh, Spirit, who finished last in the second series, second season, so 16th, I think. Um, so good to see these events. If you don't know the events, obviously go watch them. They happened a while ago. I will not cover them too much here because they've been old news. But new news, season 3D. And this season features all 16 marbles that were featured in season 2. So the new fan teams, as well as the 12 that began season one. I don't think there are any new marbles, except for the fact that they all look different because it's in 3D, which is incredible, the way they were able to emulate this. And um, first event, Downhill Slalom. Very exciting. Uh, to talk a little bit about the Downhill Slalom, I'll actually give you a good description of this, what this event looks like. It is... Trying to get a nice overview of it from the video. I think I got that coming here. Again, should be more prepared for this, but you know what? You're gonna listen to me try to find it. Right, so it's um it's in this nice stadium. Uh okay. I think I got one. Yeah, so it's uh it's a downhill course, of course, and it has uh obstacles on the other side obviously it's easier if you go look at this and listen to me very poorly so i to describe it to you but there's like um diagonal facing walls almost on uh coming out of either wall on the left and right side of the downhill course and the um they kind of face diagonally down and have an opening in between that you can go down and there's the openings about two marble widths three marble widths so it's a very small opening and if but they're all lined up so the goal in this event, especially, well, at least the uh, the thing you'd want the most is to see if you could get, you know, if, if you get your marble to uh, go right through those openings straight, uh, straight from the start. 
which would which is very difficult. And actually, did see that in one of the heats, uh, and I'll discuss that in a moment. But it's very it's quite harder than you think. People we get caught up, and even if you just clip a little bit of either side, you get caught up, and then another marble comes down and bumps you out of the way. Now you're way back rolling on the side of the wall, and then all of a sudden you're in seventh, eighth place when you were in first. So, um, and we saw that many times in these heats. We saw many marbles um, start out in first, second place, then hit one miss on the wall, clip the wall, and then all of a sudden slide back up, get hit by another marble, and then all of a sudden they're in like almost last place. But to break this down a little bit, our contestants, obviously I mentioned them before, competed in three heats, the top four scores from each heat, um, no, from each set of heats advanced. So there were three heats, eight marbles competed in each heat, and the top four scores advanced to the final round, and the bottom four scores went to the consolation round. And to break this down, Helios, first off, who was first place in season one, third place in season two, kind of setting a higher um, standard here, almost like, you know, we're starting to see, if you want to compare even to the Marble Olympics, you see like Savage Beaters or Rangers type skill from him, always running at the top. In Heat 1, I mean, showing a similar type of uh, behavior, um, Helios finishing third, and just trying to see here, to get a better, more accurate... Yeah, he won, he finished third, and even stayed up there for a while. But over time, over the next couple of heats, he started to finish lower and lower. And all of a sudden, you see Helios finishing last in the second heat and not even close to advancing to that final championship heat. Had to go to the loser's heat, where he did perform well. But it was just, it was just unbelievable. We saw... Marble, who rarely ever even came close to the bottom, like running almost last, last in the first set of heats and almost last in the final consolation round. It was just very interesting to see. And um, on the on the opposite end, Camo, who was a newer marble, came in last year, finished first and third, finishing high in all the heats and finished first and one and third and one. It was good to see him get out there and. Uh, make it to that championship round first try as a you know as a newer player there were four newer players who did who did okay I don't have that standings here I'll get to those but um I mean to see some of these newer players perform is is nice and just surprised that Helios is just terrible performance in the first event obviously there's many more events to go but I mean, it was just it was just surprising. Actually, if I, I've taken a look at the obstacle course here, I think the widths between the blocks vary between the walls, and I think it gets thinner as you go down. So it starts off wider, and then it goes thinner and thinner. But if you can get that nice, like, needle shot right down the middle there, you're gonna actually skip a lot of obstacle blocks as you go down, which I which I saw a lot of uh, a little bit. Not really the whole course, but you'd see like a marble skip two, three obstacles because of the ability to do that and um, one of the biggest highlights of this 
uh, competition was uh, Thanos' uh, performance in the third heat. Uh, threads the needle. Last three obstacles, or last in the last four obstacles, he skipped three of them and went right through the center and ended up right at that last obstacle before any of the marbles were even passed or like fourth one. And it was just very impressive to see that. And he, he took first place in that and eventually took... Well, he took first place in his um, initial heat. I don't remember where he took in the final. I'll get to that as well. Uh, Helios, by the way, sixth place in the Constellation round, so overall 14th place in the final analysis of the event, which was just a big upset probably for many Helios fans, for Helios himself to be so good and then have such a downfall. And, I mean, I would hope he's going to go practice. I hope he's going to go, you know, redo his mindset, reformulate um, his mindset about competing because, you know, I mean, everyone has their days, but this is a this is real tournament time. This is real tournament time. You have to have your days before that. You have to have your days in practice. And, I mean, just a, such a top competitor to have such a downfall, I mean, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. And um, talk about the final championship heat here. I mean, Limelight is able to get out to a good lead winning first. And actually, Camo wins the second heat with a good with a good um, move in the second heat. He kind of shoots out in front of the other marbles. He's like, you know, he was hanging back in third and fourth. But then he gets like, he goes to a couple of the... Um, couple of the obstacles like straight through like threads the needle there and actually hits into a hint is hinted god come on let's speak normally all right so hits into the wall on one of them like clips off of it but did not let them stop him he bounced off the wall on the side and very expertly positioned himself at that bounce to get right into the little opening to the finish line if you look oh look at that final um Right on heat two of the finals, you, you you can see that it was just it was very masterful performance. He then went on to not do well at all in the the final heat, but I mean that was a very masterful performance from, from a new player like that, just off the wall, positioned himself and went right into that final hole. Did not let that obstacle bump, you know, like many marbles would see uh, that that obstacle bump, like you know, put him two, three, four places back even. So it was good to see that, yeah. Yeah, Thanos's run did not happen in the finals. It happened in uh, that part I was talking about where he went through like four obstacles in one one shot. That happened in the normal rounds. In the finals, he finished. I think he finished up to upwards of third, third, fourth. See here. He finished. He finished second, actually, even with um his finals performance, because it was decent. He had a couple second places, I think, in the finals, or like a second and a third, and then he had like a fourth. But he was able to get enough points. I mean, Limelight really took that um that finals there with that first place in the first event, and then kind of stayed up towards the top half of the finishers for the next couple events and uh, heats. I mean. 
and he takes that first event, so it's good to see Limelight, who did not really, not really perform that great in the first um, two seasons. He performed all right, but it's kind of middle of the pack, and then to see him come out here, obviously practice in the downhill slalom and what he's to do with that, and to just come out and perform like that was really impressive. Mic drop we saw up there fourth, which was good to see because Mike drop was not not the most impressive performances through his first two seasons, but obviously practiced maybe better in the three dimensions, you know. Um, Camo, even after his first place in the second heat, did not hold that, actually dropped all the way back to fifth, which is not bad for a first event, but, I mean, he had a first place in the heat, and you'd expect him to maintain even a higher place, but no. Dragon's Breath, our seasons, no, he actually got sixth. Camo got sixth, never mind. Even worse than I thought. Dragon's Breath, who held the season winner of season two, also was up there at the top at fifth. Um, and Thanos, as I said before, got second. Obviously, usually a front runner. It's good to see him. I mean, Helios, two points. Two points. That's it. In the consolation round, only got two points. I mean, Shockwave got zero points. So, I mean, I guess... Uh, he wasn't the worst, and Spirit only got one. But two points from a veteran player who's really good. First in overall in the season one, third overall in the season two, as I said before. And to come out here and get two points, two lousy points in the final standings of this first event. Obviously, something went on. Maybe something mental. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe something even happened. Who knows? So once you have an insider with him, I'd love to have Helios on here to discuss what was going on there, but who knows if that can happen. But wow, two points. That's it. I mean, some of these other players that we see often at the bottom, Polygon, you know, Shimmer, players we don't often see towards the top. I mean, five and four points at least, even something mildly respectable, but two points, I can't even, can't even give any sort of, you know, congratulations in that. This is, that's just like, you need to go home you need to rethink your mindset. You need to reform how you're going to approach these events or refocus. I mean, maybe he didn't practice a lot for this one. There are a lot of events in this tournament, and maybe he's going to come back out and win the next three in a row. Who knows? But two points is not very impressive. So, and that is the Marble Mayhem. That is the news on that. And we await the second event, you know, very excitedly, and can't wait to break that one down see who can come up in the front end there and I encourage you to go watch the Marble Mayhem appreciates creativity watch the seasons before to get some background on these players um, and of course watch the 3D season very creative um, just you know of course to help understand uh, help you understand to know what I'm talking about because you would have come on here and not have watched those events or, or know what I'm talking about and I'm talking about all these players. You'd be like, oh, what's even going on here? But yeah, encourage you to watch those events. We got, um, like I said before, Marble Olympics coming up April 19th. We got MSPN and Marble Mayhem going on. We actually got another few Marble sports going on. We have the M Games, which is another MSPN sponsored event, which is not emulated. It is a real Marble event. Uh, we have I think so far eight eight teams have been set out to be made. I believe at least six of them are out. Um, whiteouts, clovers, mountain tumblers, 
uh, Metamorphics, I believe is the one. I'll actually get the, the um, see if I can get the teams of that before we go out here. I don't know if they're up anywhere. MSPN, M Games, team list. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe there's already maybe there's already a wiki about it. Because the is there actually a wiki about this? No. No, there's. Uh, I thought it was a wiki about it, but no, there's not. Um, that might be under the MSPN YouTube. You can check there. I think there was like an introduction video or something about it. I mean, I, I don't think I'll have to look at that. But be excited for that. It's another highly competitive marble sport coming out. I mean, we know the Marble Olympics. We know the Sand Marble Rally, which is coming out a little bit later this year. And the Hubalino Tournament, which is going to be exciting to talk about, which will come out probably in the fall around. But um, to see other platforms creating these... Um, these high competition marble sports is just just really good to see. I don't see anything from them about that. There's some oh the Marblades by the way. I didn't I'm not gonna discuss that because that also had ended a while ago, but um very good series. Um Marblades and I highly check it out. It's also on the MSPN channel. Highly recommend checking it out. And it was just creative, you know. Marbles on Beyblades. But, uh, yeah, I don't see, I don't see the team. I think I know where I can find it. I don't know where I have to go all the way there, but. I will do it for you guys. I will find you the teams out. And then for those of you who actually know the teams already, and I'm just wasting your time, well, then I'm sorry. But I will find these teams. For the ones who don't know, I care about you. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, teams, 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 teams. If I can't find this, I'm gonna be upset. M Games Talk. A lot of silent moments in this podcast as I try to search for your information that I've been preparing. Oh, whiteouts, mountain tumblers, metamorphics, clovers, like I had said, also tridents. And poison frogs. How could I forget about the poison frogs? That's very, very upsetting of me. Uh, um, I think that's it for now. We're waiting on the last two teams, the eighth and the seventh teams. So when those come out, obviously, we will be aware of them and discuss them. Who do I think is going to do well in the end games? I don't know. I've never met these teams before. I know they're high-end teams. I know they've competed in a lot of competitions and won a lot of competitions. Obviously, if they're going to be competing in as high a tournament as the M Games, but um, I haven't really heard enough about them to tell you who I think is going to succeed. They're all good teams. We will be able to see who really has the edge over the course of the M Games, which is coming up soon. Be excited. M Games, Marble Mayhem, Marble Olympics. Um, besides those three exciting marble sports events um i know there are others um there are some that don't wish to be discussed in the podcast because they um feel like they're not as good as some of these other events um which you know i i i totally understand that i did let them know that we take each marble sport here seriously 
and as a sport that is you know unique and not necessarily worse than any other but people uh, have their opinions on that there are other mobile sports that are excited to be talked about on here um there are a couple marble olympic style tournaments popping up in other youtube channel channels like um marbles for autism is going to do one uh the lucky titan i think is going to do one and check those channels out um and should you guys want me to i will discuss those on here as well but um those are that's the news for this week i mean obviously i could talk about the friendly round of the marble olympics which maybe i'll discuss next time because that is a it was an interesting round to see these top competitors top four already qualified marble olympics teams going right at it there so it could be discussed next week um i think that's all that's been going on and we're obviously excited for the events coming up and the fan-made team vote that's going to be fun to see who are the top two teams from that uh still don't have any preferences yet but i i did list my general preferences before but not no like top two victory like i really want these two but um yeah i think we're about wrapped up for today uh we i will explain something quick um how we will do outros the outro for the podcast is a style i'm just going to try here uh each podcast my plan for the outro is to pick a different song that either i think is cool or I think it's funny, or I think it's just a song that should be heard, and I'm going to end the podcast with that song, like the full song. So um, if you guys don't like that style, if you guys would rather a different style, please let me know. I'm open to any ideas, but um, I don't have an outro in mind, so I figured I'd do that, get some of the cool songs I think are cool out there, some of the artists out there, and... Um, how I'll do it, I'll just, uh, when I end whatever I'm saying for the podcast, I'll be like, I'll go to the outro, and uh, our outro song is, I don't know, Sonic Blaster by F777. You know, artist F777. Just so, just so, so you know you guys know what's going to be heard here. But, yeah, that's just the style for now. If you guys want to change, you guys want something different, you let me know. I'm open to ideas. I'm open to suggestions. Um... You can contact me at the Twitter, at, at Guy Marble, Guy with two Y's, and Marble. And you can email me at bpearson983 at gmail.com, because I don't have an MSW podcast email yet. I can make one of those. I will make one of those. But for now, bpearson983 at gmail.com. That's B-P-E-A-R-S-O-N, 983 at gmail. Dot com and we will go to the outro and it is today's outro song sonic blaster by the artist f777 and we will see you next time on the msw podcast marvel sports worldwide podcast have a good night guys <laughs>